Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis. Go green with solar panels or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout. Now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan, as well as the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. And Brian, I have a feeling this is going to be your favorite podcast we've ever done, because I'm having to do this out of my hotel room in Tampa, which is with the team, and so I'm much quieter than normal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't wait till I get that text message from somebody that's either across the hall from you or next door and saying, God, that Bobby Belt sure is loud. I mean, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying trying to be reasonable. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting here. It's it's a beautiful hotel room. As you can see, I was clearly on the charter. I have a, a, a damn button down. Like, like I've got a, an actual button down shirt on sure. with a collar. I'm not doing that unless I'm absolutely forced to. And uh, there is a dress code when you get on the charter. Um, But, uh, Brian, before we dive into the uh, Cowboys Tampa talk, which by the time this airs Monday morning, uh, we will uh, be just a little bit away from the Cowboys kicking off in their playoff game. Uh, As I look over the television screen right now, Brian, there's 11-11 left in the fourth quarter, and it is 24-24 between the Giants and Vikings. So with that in mind, knowing we don't know the results of that, uh, any big impressions from the weekend of uh, playoff football? Yeah, I'll tell you what, there's some, um, you know, you you saw what San Francisco is capable of. That uh, that game was very close at half. You kind of felt like that maybe Seattle was going to find a way to hang in there and just too much firepower at San Francisco. And, and that's, I believe that's why everybody who is in the playoffs or you know, fans of these teams want nothing to do, especially Cowboy fans, really want nothing to do with the 49ers when you start to see their ability. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy has played really, really well. Um, 
you know, and and you and you knew that was going to happen if you follow along with 105.3 The Fan and our stuff in the draft show and all that. We've always talked about a Brock Purdy and what he did at Iowa State. You know, I mean, Iowa State, you look at since he's gone, you know, Iowa State kind of reverted back to Iowa State, you know, 20 years ago. And so I, I just – I'm super impressed with San Francisco as everybody was. I was super impressed with the way the Dolphins hung in with uh, with Buffalo today. And, and Buffalo's quarterback, you know, well, let's be honest. I, I know on Twitter I was answering questions earlier this morning about, you know, who had more pressure on him. And, like, you know, everybody's like, no, it's Dak, it's Dak, it's Dak. It's like, no, it's Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen was the one who was going to be, you know, was preseason MVP, and this was a team that was going to the Super Bowl and all that. But great job by the Dolphins hanging in there. They didn't get the result they wanted. You mentioned, you know, this Giants, um, this Giants-Minnesota game. Both teams are super comfortable playing in the fourth quarter. And yeah. it, it's going to come down to, uh, you know, if the Giants find a way to win this game, then they travel to San Francisco and you'll go to Philadelphia if, in fact, you win this game. Uh, so, yeah, a, a lot on the line. But but like I said, both teams in that Minnesota Giants game, they play, they play uh, very tight games. Both teams have negative point differentials going in. I think it was the fourth time that's happened in league history. Uh, you know, just crazy to think this, but uh, yeah, I, I I think you can honestly flip a coin in that game. And you know, by the time we're done with this, uh, maybe we'll have an idea what direction they're going. Yeah, uh, by by the time we wrap up, I would hope we'll we'll have an answer as to which direction they're going. I got to say that as it stands right now, for me. I would much rather go to Philly next week than San Francisco. I'd rather play the Eagles right now than play the 49ers. The 49ers are just an incredibly difficult matchup. Although, you know, they've shown that they tighten up in the second half, but they've shown in the last few weeks they'll give up some big passing plays. They're becoming a little vulnerable there in, in, in getting hit with some of those chunk plays. So uh, either way, though, I don't think that's a great matchup for them, uh, for Dallas and San Francisco. But we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. We do have to actually uh, worry about win, win a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, winning the first road playoff game since uh, January 1993 uh, when the Cowboys went to Candlestick Park and beat the 49ers on the way to their first Super Bowl victory over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Brian, what we're going to do today, we're going to steal from our buddies over at the KNC Masterpiece. Uh, Kevin Hagelin, Corey Majors, Mike Bassett, who do a great job uh, on 105 Through the Fan with us. Uh, they've got a segment every week called Cowboys Win Because and Cowboys Lose Because. And just basically outline, you know, hey, if they win, this is probably why. If they lose, this is probably why. So we're going to discuss some of that here in the uh, in, in these two segments before we get to the mailbag. And the first one I want to tackle is Cowboys Win Because. And Brian, when you look at this matchup, what is the the big what's the one or two big things you think will will be talking about coming out of this game if the Cowboys win it? There's a couple different areas, and I do want to get your opinion on this too. So I I, I want to leave enough time for you to have your say as well. Uh, being that we're in the playoffs here, I feel like I I talk way too much during this thing and but I want you to have an opinion as well. And Brian, 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 if, if ever you worry that you're taking up too much time, just flash me your Super Bowl ring and I'll uh, shut up. That's no, that, it's not, <laughs> not that easy. Um, I think this game is going to come down to a couple of different spots. Um, are you going to be able to handle these Buccaneer receivers? And especially 
I, I'm not just saying at the left cornerback spot. You know, we've seen Diggs have some issues too on some double move stuff. We've seen some inside breaking routes that have given him problems. We've seen him lose some guys. If you watch the all 22 every week, there's times where he'll lose guys and the ball doesn't go his direction. So yeah. I kind of feel like this for the Cowboys to win this game, they have got to be on the screws when it comes to their secondary. And they'll have an opportunity, I think, to get pass rush. I do. I feel like that, you know, we'll see with Jensen. I, I'm hearing whispers out of Tampa that uh, Jensen, the center who hasn't gone all year, is going to likely start in this game. Um, but they Mike, have, Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy told us on 105 through the fan that's what they were game planning for. Yeah, and they, and they should. And they should. And now the, the other side of that is, you know, with Donovan Smith. And how do you attack Donovan Smith? And the Buccaneers are terrified of anybody that lines up opposite Donovan Smith, especially the pass rushers they have, the Cowboys have. So that that, that could be a very, very good positive. With the Cowboys, I do worry about the secondary, and it's not just the left cornerback spot. We'll see what they got in Xavier Rhodes. You need Xavier Rhodes to be great in one football game. You really, really need him to be great in this football game. And, you know, it, it's he's a long guy. He's a physical guy. He's got some toughness to him. He just doesn't run as well as he once did. You know, and maybe that's, okay, you shade Hooker to his side. You know, you figure out, you bracket the opposite. If it's, you know, if it's Godwin, you want to bracket. If it's Diggs, me personally, I travel Diggs with both these guys. I kind of mix it up a little bit. You know, don't let the Buccaneers get a real feel for how – you're playing digs in this game. But to me, a lot of this is going to come down to their ability to play in the secondary. On the other end of that, though, on offensively, though, I I just feel like that they got to get that Hall of Fame performance from Tyron Smith at right tackle. You know, I think they're going to need to – I think they're going to need to lean on Vita Vea. And, I mean, lean on him with Martin and Smith. And they can't let these linebackers run to the ball free. They've got to get guys up. So it's it's not just – I don't think it's the game plan from two years ago to just throw the ball every snap and hope for the best. I feel like they're going to have to find a way to gain some positive yards running the football. Now, I, I, I know it. it's probably, you know, first down runs or seem to be a nightmare for Cowboy fans that we're living through right now, but they're going to have to find a way to control the inside triangle the nose tackles, the defensive tackle, those linebackers inside. They can't let those guys wreck shop in this game offensively. So it's going to come on the secondary, and I think it's going to come on the offensive line. Well, uh, as you were talking just there, uh, we got a Saquon Barkley touchdown with seven minutes left in the game there. So uh, Giants up 30-24, to pending the extra point. Uh, which obviously everybody's going to know the results in the morning, but I'm letting Brian know because we're sitting here having to broadcast during it. Uh, Brian, it's interesting. You know, I think you mentioned the Tyron Smith thing. That's huge. To me, I I think the vulnerability at that second corner spot or third, however you want to call it, because Bland in the the base package is the other corner. Um, But but that other corner spot outside of Bland and Diggs, I think, is – what very well may take them out in this playoffs um, yeah. if, if they're not able to get a, a steady performance there. But I'll, I'll go with the the obvious one, which is if the Cowboys win this game, I think it's because Dak and the offense wins the turnover battle. 
whether it be just by not having any or, or, you know, limiting them enough that if the defense is able to scoop up a few, uh, you'll be able to have a good day this year. When the Cowboys won the turnover battle, they're seven and one. Um, the, the only game they lost was to Jacksonville. And that was a game they realistically should have won. Um, and so I, I think when you look at how much turnovers have dictated, whether the Cowboys have success or not in this season, um, I, I think that it's easy to look at that and say, Let's try and limit these. And look, it's easier to say it's easier said than done. This is a team that took a year and a half to fix penalties. You know, they were, it was something that we talked about almost every week for essentially 18 months was what are, what are you guys doing here? How are you going to fix this? What's going to happen here? Um, and, and they never seemed to get a hold on it. I know we had talked about you're just always going to have to deal with the penalties. And now that they've corrected them, it, it kind of coincided with this real strong increase in turning the ball over. Um, and so it, it's something that now that's the thing that you're worrying about and having to correct. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't help when you get seven of Dax interceptions that are graded as non-interceptable throws, meaning they were on a, a receiver or whatever else, but that still means he threw eight. That means yeah. he threw eight in, in a short amount of time. And we're not used to him turning the ball over like that. And so, uh, Brian, knowing that that's going to be such a huge key in this game is, is Dax you know, and the offense in general, not turning the ball over. What's the balance between the aggressiveness you likely need to play with in order to win this game while also not playing reckless? Like, like is aggressiveness without recklessness really possible? Boy, I'm having a hard time with that one, Bobby, because I just don't see this quarterback all of a sudden flipping the switch and becoming this ultra-conservative you know, I, I think that Dak Prescott, it's just – it's in his DNA that – and I'm not saying the turnovers are in his DNA. By the way, you know, those interceptions that he has, how many have been pick sixes? Or how many have ended up being – Three. Yeah. So, three. I mean, and it's And it's been, it's been three in the last, like, five weeks. So, it's really see, it's really prominent, it, I think. It just, it's, yeah, it just feels like it's 15, you know, every – but I, I honestly – I, I know when those penalties were all starting, I was like going, just get used to it. The officials are going to call it. Dallas is going to be penalized. It's not going to change. Well, you know, you know, averaging some games, so they had three and four penalties. And, you know, I'll say this about the penalties real quick. Dallas needs to draw some of those holding calls if they can. Early in the year, they were doing a really good job with their pass rush of forcing opponents into holding calls. I can't remember the last time we've seen a holding call in a game. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure there is. I'm sure somebody out there, well, damn, brought us last week against the commanders, you know, but I just don't remember it as like, it seemed like to me the Cowboys were, pl- were putting opponents into negative situations, you know, and rushing the passer with, and, and, and let's be, I, I think the numbers will tell you that the Buccaneers are one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to third and long. So, I mean, if you can get them in some negative yardage situations, because Brady, you know, he's not going to just throw it up and hope for the best. He'll check it down and they'll get, if it's third and 18, he'll get eight and then they'll punt the ball kind of a thing. But to your to your question, I just don't, I just don't think all of a sudden we're getting the playoffs and this is going to flip. I, I think the thing that thing that I just worry about 
the reckless Dak. And I mean, reckless in a way of maybe it's not reckless. Maybe it's, I'm not seeing this the right way, or maybe I'm not, didn't see this guy and I'm now making a throw. I don't need the Dak being pulled down and just flinging the ball into an area guy. You know, yeah. I, I don't, or I don't need Dak off his back foot with pressure in his face, just throwing the ball out in the flat into triple coverage and Antoine Winfield is standing right there. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't need that. And I hate to say this, but it, he gets in these games and it, you know, it's going to happen. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you could do to prevent that. I, I just don't, because he's not going to give up on a play. He's going to think a guy's open and he's probably not open. And, you know, he's, he's not going to live to fight for another day. And, Maybe I'm willing this into existence like I did the penalty thing, but, <laughs> but but I just don't see all of a sudden we get to Raymond James Stadium on Monday night and everything is completely different. You've won games with him having a good stat line with completions and attempts and yards and touchdowns, and also had two picks. You know, you've had you've won games with him turning the ball over. I just don't know if you want to do that in the playoffs. Here's a uh, fun fact for you. I had to go look it up, Brian. Once you mentioned it, I had to go look. When was the last time you think an opponent was called for offensive holding, an opposing offensive lineman? So not a receiver on the edge or something, but somebody in the trenches flagged for holding against Dallas. Well, let me ask you a question. Am I right? Uh, it, has, it hasn't been a while, right? It hasn't been a been- while. It's been a while. Okay. I'm going to go with Green Bay. The Green Bay game is what I'm going to go with. Nailed it. Third quarter of the Green Bay game. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about basically the last half of the season. They didn't generate any offensive holding calls yeah. on opposing offensive linemen. Now there were some against running backs. Like the most recent offensive holding call was against Tennessee. Traylon Burks got flagged for yeah. it. But the, different. That, we're talking about trench play here. Yeah. And boys are not generating any of that. Um, do you think that's something that – I mean, that's surely something that – the, the Cowboys talk to the league about. I know teams routinely are in communication with the league office about, hey, can, can we get an eye on this? Can we have something, you know, can we make sure we're, we're addressing this over here? Well, you get to see every game live, and I get to see eight of them live during the season. And it seems like to me that Micah Parsons can't catch a break on some of this, or, uh, you know, I Tank Lawrence can't catch a break. Um but that's, you know, sometimes when you get in a game where the officials aren't calling penalties against you, they're not calling penalties for you either. You know, they're letting yeah. both teams play. And me personally, you know, I just know when the Cowboys get somebody in a negative yardage situation. Now, they have to be alert for this team will throw a screen, you know, to a running back. They'll throw it to Fournette. They'll throw it to White. And if it's third and 18 – I mean, how many times they throw the screen, you're like, oh, damn, they're about to pick this thing up. You know, yeah. it's three yards short. You're like, oh, my God. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the thing about it. It's just that, that Tampa is not a good third and long team. And I don't know if you could sack Tom Brady. I- I'll tell you what. The one thing I know about Craig Walderstead, the official for the game Monday night, he's only called four roughing the passing penalties penalties this year. Okay, and everybody says, well, it's Tom Brady. You're going to get some, you know, you're going to get some calls because it's Tom Brady. 
I kind of feel like these officials that if they don't call it during the year, they're not going to all of a sudden call it in in a playoff game. I just don't. Now, I could be wrong, and everybody's going to come attack me for, you know, oh, there you go, Broadus, you said it and all that. <laughs> but, you know, if it's me, if I'm close enough to take a clean shot at Tom Brady, I'm taking clean shots. I'm not hitting him in the head. I'm not hitting hands to the face. I'm not going low in the back of his legs. But I'm, I'm taking some shots. I'm bumping him around and letting him know the pass rush is close. I, I can't tell you how many times, and it doesn't happen often, but, I mean, I'm I'm just telling you this. When you watch Brady lose a football game, that that jersey has grass stains all over it. Right. That's, that's, that gets to him. That man's 45 years old, still playing at a high level, but you knock him around a bunch. I saw Cincinnati do it in the second half of their game. Saw San Francisco do it in their 35 to 7 win. You knock him around, it's a different it's a different scenario for him playing that way. And again, I also had to go look it up, Brian. Uh since the Cowboys last got an offensive holding call against an opposing offensive lineman, the Cowboys themselves, their offensive linemen have been flagged 9 times. For offensive holding. So we're on, we're on a, quite a streak here. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast, the Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, before we move on to discussing how this game might go south for the good guys, uh, I need to tell you guys once again about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm having to be really quiet right now because I'm in a hotel uh, with other people from the Cowboys, and I don't want to disturb them in their rooms uh, because these are thin walls here, guys. Um, but regardless, I have to tell you about Boomer Jacks, and, and it, it kills me that I can't sound as, as 
you know, excited and as, as boisterous as I normally am about Boomer Jacks because I'm genuinely excited about them. It, it's wonderful. Uh, as I've told you guys, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are the time to go to Boomer Jacks. Half price wings. Tuesdays are half price bone and wings. Wednesdays are half price boneless wings. But they got great deals for you the rest of the week. Drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, wall to wall TVs, live music. Any sporting event you're looking for, it's going to be on the TVs at Boomer Jacks, and there's going to be great deals for you. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, we, we, we've talked about the things Dallas can do to win this game or the things that we think will, will matter. Uh, and I know it's easy to just flip it around and say, well, if that doesn't happen, they lose. Um, but just some particulars that you look at. What do you think are going to be some of the keys that if the Cowboys lose, we're looking at on Tuesday and saying, man, this happened or this happened and, and this really cost them? Yeah, the chunk plays. I mean, they offensively don't make chunk plays and Tampa all of a sudden is getting you on chunk plays. I'll give you something else. You lose the special teams battle in this game. If you you get the Turpin muff punt, you get him bringing a uh, kickoff out of the end zone and you end up on the 12-yard line, you know, and all of a sudden you're having to punt deep in your own into the field. You know, those are the kinds of things. You can't, you can't have a drop snap. You can't have a you can't have a snap that rolls on the ground basically like had happened uh, last week against the Commanders on the missed extra point. You can't have that, man. Overton the center, you you can't you can't snap the ball wide on the punt. I mean, I know the guy dropped it, but my God, put it put it belt high, let him catch the ball, and you know let him get rid of the punt. But you can't you cannot lose that special teams aspect of it. You can't give up big returns. You can't muff punts. Oh, and you can't bring the ball back to the 12-yard line on a kickoff return when you should have just kneeled it and brought it back at the 25. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point. They're specifically highlighting the special teams aspect because the Cowboys are coming off their worst special teams performance of the year against Washington. I mean, a lot of people are coming off their worst performance of the year against Washington. Um, and, and like I said, it's easy to just flip it around and say, you know, I said the, the key to winning this game, Cowboys win the turnover battle. So obviously, if they don't win the turnover battle, that that's a – that's a problem, but here's here's what I'm anticipating. I think this is going to be a close game. I, I think we're going to be looking at this where it very well could be the ball is in Dak's hands and there's a chance to go win the game, or there's the ball is in Brady's hands and there's a chance to go win the game, whatever it may be. So I feel like if the Cowboys end up losing this game, one of the things we'll be talking about outside of just the penalties and those sorts of obvious things, one of the things that we're going to be talking about is game management. Yeah, I think management's going to be huge in this yep. one. I agree. Um, you can't you can't have a silly challenge that costs you a timeout, and then you're sitting there at the end of the game going, "Man, it'd be nice to be able to stop the clock right here." Um, you can't have you know, oh, somebody didn't line up correctly, had to call a timeout, or the play clock got away from us, or or even on a closing drive. I don't want to stir up bad feelings, but like you can't call a draw play on you know with 14 seconds left and you have no timeouts. Um, and so, to me, I look at that a big part of this game, I feel like if they lose, one of the things that we'll discuss the next day is, man, this went wrong in the game management, whether it be from Dak Prescott, Kellen Moore, or Mike McCarthy, that this was mismanaged and that really cost the Cowboys a chance to, you know, head into the divisional round. Yeah, that's, um, I, uh, you know, Jerry Jones came out on 105.3 The Fan and was talking about, you know, that Mike really wasn't coaching for his job. And, um, yep. but if you have 
something that is just so egregious where you're like, gosh, that's pretty simplistic. You should have done this. You know, the whole thing with Jacksonville and not making a burn timeouts and play calling and stuff like that. I mean, I, this has to be a clean game from that aspect. You can't, you can't burn timeouts. You can't burn a challenge. You can't burn things that's going to cost you an opportunity. You have to playoff games have to be managed correctly. You know, you just can't do that. And we saw a pretty good example last night in, you know, in Jacksonville or on, uh, excuse me, on Saturday night in Jacksonville where, mm-hmm. you know, the Chargers and, you know, just, you know, not being able to finish that game, you know, and, and, and ultimately it costs you. So, you know, you, that, that's the thing you always worry about in these, these playoff games. Teams that get huge leads and you don't manage the game well enough and then all of a sudden the other team comes roaring back in the game and you find a way to lose at the end. You know, that's what, what happened to the Chargers on Saturday night. If that happens to you on Monday night, there is going to be some serious, serious con- uh, discussions this coming week about the coaching staff and the direction that they're going. Yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, I know Jerry said, like you mentioned, job is safe. There's nothing to worry about. But <laughs> that just means that that's how he felt on last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if we head into this Tuesday, I think it could look very different. There are a couple different things that I think we've heard Jerry say recently that were pretty interesting. After the Washington game, he said, you know, look, I, uh, I'm disappointed in this game, but not half as disappointed as I'll be if we're in the same spot next week. Um, and then you had after uh, when we got a chance to interview him on 105 for the fan, we asked him uh, about what his message would be uh, to the to the team to remember about last year's game against San Francisco. And he said, remember that uh, it's all it's going to be a much happier new year. We, we can all have a happier new year if we win. Now, obviously, that could just be positivity. But I think there's also a point of that that says it's not going to be happy for some people if we lose this game. Um, that, that we need results. I mean, Mike McCarthy was not brought in here um, to to just be better than Jason Garrett in the regular season. He was brought in here to make a difference in the playoffs. And so this is an opportunity for him to make a difference in the playoffs. And look, I, I think that, I don't know how you feel about this, Brian, but I, I feel like Dallas is the better football team. And so I, I think that if they lose this game, it's because of things that they did to themselves. Dak has a silly turnover. Uh, the, you know, there's, there's just uh, a lack of focus or there's some issue in the secondary, or you have a procedural issue, some sort of game management issue that that's what I think ultimately could really cost this game more so than Tom Brady turning back the clock. Now you, you always have to worry about Tom Brady and, and, and until he is just no longer on a football field, I'm, I'm going to have concerns that he's going to run the ball right down the field. I mean, he's had a, a few really late game comebacks this year. Um, sort of vintage Tom Brady style that you still see he's he's that guy um, and so for for me I think a, a big part of this is the procedural issue obviously but also there's got to be a, in terms of game management Kellen Moore's got to be better uh, drawing things up and and I, I would love to think that it was just a vanilla game plan he was running out there against Washington we're on about a month now of of some what feels like questionable calls. Hey, I, this is the way I look at it, Brian. And I don't know if you agree with this. There doesn't seem to be what, what Kellen Moore has in X's and O's and play design. And I think he's very good at it. I think he lacks in 
feel like feel for the tenor of the game and, and, and where the game is heading and, and those sorts of things. I, I just feel like it, he looks at it very, you know, as, as ones and zeros. And he just looks at it as like, here's, here's what it is. And this is what we call here. And it's very, almost like a calculator. Uh, and there's no sense for, man, we've really got them on the ropes. We need to do this or man, this is happening here. We need to do this. It, it just seems like he calls things. He goes in there with a plan and he's going to call it like that. And there's not going to be any adjustment based off of what he sees. And that would be a concern for me out of this game. I feel like that would be something we could be potentially talking about. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. It it, it just, the last several weeks, it just, uh, it just feels like it's a struggle every single play. I mean, I, I remember that the final two-minute drive against the Texans and just how that just – just so beautifully flowed, you know, and a run, a pass, a run, a run, mm-hmm. a pass. You know, I mean, it just it was just beautifully executed to get the points. And as of late, it just seems like it's such a it's just such a burden to even get two, three yards. I it just it's a fight, you know, and yeah. and I and I hey, you know, the the team that made you look absolutely silly trying to run the football this year with the commanders. They did it to you twice. You know, they did it to you twice. And so, you know, that this team can make you look silly trying to run the ball too, but it's not to the level I think of what we saw with the commanders. And I don't know if it's to the level what we saw with Tennessee, but they got to try, but the, just the flow and the, 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 just the, the beauty of the offense it hasn't been there the last several weeks. You're right about that. So as we look at this game, we just talked about how they could win because, how they could lose because, things like that. But in general, what is uh, what is Brian Broaddus' prediction for this game? I'm, I'm looking at this game, and I think that this is something that, again, Dallas is a better football team. Uh, and, and I think that uh, even though the Brady mystique is there, uh, I, I think that it's secondary to just the the talent disparity and, and the quality of the teams. And I don't I, I think Dallas is going to be ready to play this game. I don't I don't think you're going to have these sleepwalking issues or, or an inability to uh, understand the gravity of the situation. So for me, I got Dallas winning this one 27 to 24. Yeah, I, I went 27, 23 on all my platforms. I've been on uh, the Cowboys break. Uh, you know, I know on when this is being aired on Monday, we'll predict our scores for uh, for the G Bag Nation. And I'm I'm 27 23, Dallas. I, I I don't know why I'm getting fooled again. You know the old Who song. You don't get fooled again. Well, I'm getting <laughs> fooled again. I, I think you're right. I think Dallas is the better team. The thing that makes me nervous is you know when those defensive tackles have played together. This team's six and one for the Buccaneers. You know and and. They and them are, you know, they're back together. Aikens are, they're back together. And so I, I, that's got me a little bit nervous. But, you know, the Cowboys played so poorly last week. And Mike McCarthy talked about practice and all that stuff like that. You know, maybe it had something to do with what was going on in Buffalo. Seemed like everybody else, seemed like everybody else handled that a lot better than the Cowboys did. But, you know, that was a game the Cowboys had to win to, to maybe win the division, and they came out horribly. So I, I I hope the first I hope the first quarter of that game 
It's not one of these things where like, okay, here we go again, kind of a thing. They can't do anything offense. They're giving up chunk plays, but I'll get fooled again. 27-23 Dallas. And we will know uh, here shortly uh, whether it is on to Philly or uh, San Francisco. Did uh, did the Giants just convert on a fourth and one? They uh, they went for it on a fourth and one on their own like forty, and they snuck it and they picked it up. But then on third and fifteen, with Minnesota no timeouts left, three minutes on the game, Darius Slayton flat out dropped the ball, and now Brian Dable's losing his mind at a pretty awful roughing the passer call that's going to uh, benefit the Vikings pretty well. So two minutes left here. You guys already know what happened, but that's fine. You can live it with us as we experience yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, who ends up winning this football game. Uh, well, just, yeah, just know just know if Giants win uh, and you win, you're going to San Francisco. That's really uh, that's all you need to know right now. Yeah, yeah. The, the, regardless of if the Cowboys end up winning their football game, uh, then Giants win, it's on to San Francisco. Vikings win, it's on to Philly, which for me personally right now, Brian, I prefer Philly. <laughs> That's just where I come down. I, I prefer to play Philadelphia right now. I, that quarterback's nicked up for them for sure. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, before we jump into our Love of the Star mailbag, I need to tell you guys once more about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. Brian and I love how much you guys have been sending us photos on social media of you guys hanging out at Boomer Jacks, enjoying the ice cold beer, getting those great appetizers. It, it, it just warms our heart. And Tuesdays and Wednesdays this week are the days that you want to try Boomer Jacks if you've never been before. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that I'll be back in time for these Tuesday and Wednesday deals from Tampa Bay. Uh, because this is uh, that, that's my time to go to Boomer Jacks. Tuesdays are half-price bone and wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. Uh, but really, any other day of the week is great to go to. Whatever you're looking for, if you're looking for happy hour with the coworkers, a uh, spot to watch the game with your buddies, or just somewhere to have a nice dinner with your family, Boomer Jacks is the perfect setting for all of that. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. It is now time for the Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Wait a minute. Julia City. Yeah, are you, you're in the Dean Julia Mailbag City, right? I, I am Tampa. Uh, he's a, we're I we're supposed to to meet up. I, I told him I'd meet up if the game came to Tampa, so he'll be here, uh, and uh, I'll make sure to uh, have him uh, record a video message to you, uh, calling you out and challenging you for for your the fight you wanted to have with him a few weeks back. Uh, first question here in the uh, mailbag. It's not Brian. me. It's you. You're. It's like. We have all these nice folks. Dean, he asks great questions. I'm just, try, I'm just trying to get everybody else a question in there, too. 
Uh, first question here uh, from Monique Riddick. Uh, hey. How are you both feeling about the preparedness of the Cowboys for this game? I I kind of mentioned it there at the end of the segment. I, I think there's zero chance the Cowboys come in here unprepared. Um, I I think they understand the magnitude of this. Uh, CeeDee Lamb had said uh, at the end of last week's game, said, like, look, we got to understand, like, there, there's no margin for error. Like, you you lose, you go home. And so uh, I, I think that there's a, a sense of, okay, that was our wake-up call. Let, let's make sure we, we don't do that again. Um, so in terms of preparedness, at least in terms of player focus, is the game plan the right one, things like that? Who knows? But in terms of player focus and, and how prepared they are for the magnitude of the game and, and who they're going up against, I think they're more than ready. Yeah, I, I think they're ready, and I, and I think they're extremely healthy. When you start to talk about Hankins, Van Der Esch, you know, those guys coming back in the mix, uh, I think that's a big, big plus for the Cowboys' defense. They didn't have, you know, the, the, the way that Tampa won this game in week one wasn't Tom Brady being a hero. It was Leonard Fournette running the football. Yes. And, and you didn't have Hankins – uh, in their play. And if they can control the middle, allow the linebackers to run, I mean, Clark, Van Der Esch, Wilson, these guys are going to have to play a huge game. I have a feeling, you know, if it's if it's deep down in his soul, I think Diggs is going to – when that ball comes his direction, he has got to come flying forward. Please don't give ground over there. Gave yeah. too much ground in week one. Soft corner, killed you in the game right there. So if you're – if you're Diggs, Wilson, Van Der Esch, Clark, Barr, if he gets opportunity, the edge, you know, Armstrong, all those guys, you've got to hold the point of attack and you've got to keep these running backs from getting to that edge. Next question here uh, from Brian and Cheryl Burkett. Uh, I believe that's a, a, a couple there that uh, is tweeting at us. Uh, I have a question that has not really been answered. Why hasn't Dallas used Cavante Turpin for deep passes? At TCU, he just sprinted deep, and the quarterback threw the ball as far as he could. He would run to it. Wouldn't uh, doing that stretch the defense out more? Cavante Turpin's very small. And I know that we, we've, we've uh, you know, progressed past some size limitations in some ways, you know, with quarterbacks and everything else. Um, but it's very – I mean, you're talking about a guy who's – probably two, maybe three inches shorter than even Tyree kill. Um, yeah. Just, he's a, he's a smaller player and it's, it's tough to he, as fast as you are. It's tough to get the ball around defenders like that. Yeah. I kind of feel like if they're going, this is the game and I'm going to, I'm going to make the call on this one. And I was thinking, I was going to ask you this question because I asked it in my uh, sports mix on Friday to my guys. Mm -hmm. I said, deep shot reception to, to Michael Gallup or interception from Bland, which one are you getting? Which one do you get or which one would I prefer? Which one are you getting? Which one do you think is going to hit? Deep shot Gallup, which we haven't seen that. Better, I mean, we haven't better, seen better shot of a Bland pick, yeah. I think. I mean, Brady threw, threw the ball damn near 800 times this year. Deron Bland has shown really good ball skills, has shown an ability to uh, make a play on the ball, regardless of, uh, you know, whether or not it's just thrown in his lap or not. Uh, we're still waiting on Gallup. And so for me, I think it's, it's much more likely if Vegas, we're going to put odds on it. Uh, I, I think the, the money would be on, uh, Deron Bland getting a pick. Okay. Uh, next question here for, uh, our Dean Julia love the star mailbag. 
Uh, from Kyle Stahl, who are the candidates to replace Dan Quinn if he gets the Denver job? This is interesting because I think the the obvious candidate might be Joe Witt, but Joe Witt may go with him. Uh, yeah. it, it may be the case. Now, if Joe Witt decides he wants to be a defensive coordinator, by the way, the Vikings just failed on fourth down, so it looks like the Giants are going to run out this clock and win the game against the Vikings. Uh, with a minute 44 left and no timeouts, they just turn the ball over on downs. But uh, – Dan Quinn, um, you know, he may take Joe Witt, um, but Joe Witt's got a, a long relationship with Mike McCarthy as well. He's worked with him before, um, before this. And so, uh, you know, maybe it's a case where Joe Witt stays around and does that. Another name to watch just because the Joneses obviously always have an affinity for him uh, is Mike Zimmer. I, I think that, you know, Mike Zimmer's out there. That's somebody, or maybe George Edwards gets another crack to be a defensive coordinator. Uh, so those are just some of the names that I think you could look at. Brian, yeah. anybody you think yeah. of? I think that if Joe Witt wants to stay around, that would be uh, we, that would be you know great in that to kind of try and keep some continuity. I think maybe maybe that Dan Quinn would take the defensive line coach. Uh, I think that you know with AD maybe going to uh, going with him and maybe he would be the defensive coordinator. We would see maybe it's in title, but mm-hmm. uh, but it's it could be that Dan calls the. Dan calls the defense and, you know, and AD is that entitled. So I, I kind of feel like that I think you got some good options. And I like what you're talking about uh, with potentially with Mike Zimmer as well. And because I think guys like Mike Zimmer, George Edwards, I think those guys would, would stay on. Al Harris, you know, they could kind of keep some continuity that way. Next question here from at Kobe3. He's got two questions. Will C.D. Lamb have 10-plus targets in this game, and will T.Y. Hilton start? Brian, what do you think? I think that I think he'll have the targets, yes. I think he'll have over 10 targets. Uh, it depends on if they go 11 personnel, which I probably think they – my gut feeling would be they probably would not. So I'll say no on the T.Y. Hilton start and yes on the 10 targets. I, I I think I agree with you there, um, but I do think that T.Y. Hilton will have a a serious yeah and in the game like like I think that he's going to have a, a big role in the game plan. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to you know uh, get 15 targets or anything like that, but he's going to actively be involved in the routes that they're drawing up and the concepts that they're trying to push on Tampa Bay. Uh, there have been let's see here one two three four five six seven eight times this year. Uh, that CeeDee Lamb has been targeted at least 10 times. Cowboys are 5-3 and three in those games. Uh, you definitely need a lot more production from CeeDee Lamb in this game than he got in week one. But yeah. it, I, I don't know about you, Brian. This is how I felt about it going back and watching it. Is there a player you feel like is more different from week one to now than CeeDee Lamb? Like, that looks like a different player to me when you watch the tape against Tampa. Well, I would have said if he was still playing, I would have said Terrence Steele. Because he was, <laughs> well, yeah, he was, he was, rough, he was, he was awful. He was awful week one, but yeah, I, to your, to your point, absolutely right. I think that, uh, I think that actually Tyler Smith has gotten to be a better player because of the, though, from what we saw in week one to what we have now, I think the experience along the way, all the starts he's made, I think has, has helped him. I, I think that Tyler Biotish at center is a different player than what we saw in week one to where we got right now. Next question here from Garrett. Gut feeling, Brian, who has a bigger game, Micah Parsons or Dak Prescott? I'm going to say 
I think they're gonna. I think they're. I think they're teeing Micah Parsons up uh, for a big game. So I'm. I'm gonna say it's Micah Parsons. I'm gonna say he's gonna have. I think he's gonna have several tackles, maybe a couple of tackles for loss. I could see some pressures. I could see some hits. I could see some sacks. Nothing against Dak. I kind of feel like that. You know how the quarterback goes is probably how you're gonna either win or lose this game. But defensively, I think that they're gonna tee him up and let him go. And so I could see him having a big game. I've used this line a few times on the the topic of Dak. Um, I, I've said this a few times, and I don't know that I've ever gotten your feedback on it. So I'm curious if you have any disagreement with it or if you see it the same way. I, I've said pretty consistently over the last like six weeks, I think if Dak and CD Lamb are clicking, they will go far. If that connection isn't right, they lose. Like, like to me, I, I think that ultimately whether they win or lose in large part is going to be determined by that. Now, obviously, they can't be giving up, you know, chunk plays like they have. Uh, Cowboys lead the NFL. They've given up more 20-yard pass plays in the last five weeks of the season than anybody else in the NFL. And it feels like it. It's not That's not a surprising number, I think. I think when you watch it, you go, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but in general, I think that the the connection between Dak and CeeDee Lamb is going to be the X factor for the Cowboys and how far they go. I totally agree. Totally agree. That does it for us here on the Love of the Star podcast. As I uh, just mentioned, and as you guys have known for, for several hours by the time you hear this, uh, it is the Giants beating the Vikings 31-24. to I'm undefeated so far this week, Brian. If, if I get a Cincinnati victory and a Dallas victory, I call all the games right. Uh, but uh, the, the Cowboys, if they win this game, they will be heading to San Francisco, uh, which will be a – that'll be a, a tough game for them. That's But, you know, maybe you want to get that out of the way now. And, and yeah. catch, you know, maybe maybe you want to cheer for the Giants to go in there and upset Philly and give you a home well, game. That's what I'm saying, man. It's somehow, some way, it's set up that if you find a way to win the next two games, you, you never know. You might get that. It, they might get the NFC Championship game at home against the Giants. How, how wonderful would that be? Cross those fingers. Until next time, we will talk to you guys later. <laughs>